0: Hi everybody. It's Connor from the Hoopercast Movie Hour and uh I've got enough film news that it's way too much for next week's episode. We're going to cover a lot of film news uh on the Movie Hour on Monday night um including a lot of stuff about um about the, what the social network sequel um uh the social dilemma Um, this Lord of the Rings news, uh, this study about diversity in Hollywood and how profitable it may or may not be. Um, but there was a lot of, and and we want to talk about movies as well. So there was a lot of stuff going on that we wanted to, uh, conclude all the news, but we don't want to blow the hour and it's a lot. So I have some time. Here it is. It's Friday. It's October 9th, and I had time to actually sit down in uh, in the studio, as it were, and record about some film news. So I wanted to share a few things with you. Of course, leading off, we got this news about Spider-Man 3, um, which is um, possibly exciting. This is on IGN. Spider-Man 3 adds Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange. So Spider-Man three is being directed by Sam, sorry, (laughs) Dr. Strange into the multiverse of madness is being directed by Sam Raimi, who is obviously well-known to many as the director of the original Spider-Man trilogy for Sony in the early two thousands, uh, starring Tobey Maguire. And, um, so that was already kind of like a fun connection, but now his, you know, the, the movie he's directing Dr. Strange Two, Dr. Strange will make an appearance, um, in some capacity, in, this, in the in the Marvel-Sony team-up um, Spider-Man 3, directed still by John Watts, starring Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So this lines up with a theory that I'll just say we at the HooperCast had. I can't remember who had the theory first. I, I feel like it was me, but it was discussed on our show at some point that one of the things that they could do, if the, it was within the context of the idea that the Spider-Man... Uh, that the Sony Marvel deal would end in twenty after the after Spider Man three, or it was going to end, and then they 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 got their stuff together and negotiated that okay we'll do one more Spider Man solo film, but then that's going to be it for um, Marvel. That's going to be it for the Marvel Sony deal. And I really can't remember if that included any other Avengers films or what else, but pretty much the idea was that Sony wants to go and do their Spider Man thing without the oversight or uh, sharing with Marvel. So there was talk about Tom Holland, you know, being in the Venom movies as Spider-Man or um, uh, or this Morbius movie. Um, and then these other things are getting developed, uh, like this un- unknown Olivia Wilde thing. Still haven't heard anything else about that. Um, so, but Sony is wanting more of Tom Holland. And people like Tom Holland, and so we'll see how Tom Holland does in the hands of only Sony without Kevin Feige. But... So the the latest news we talked about, too, was that Electro would be coming back into... Or Jamie Foxx would be would be playing Electro again in this iteration of Spider-Man. Um, but he won't necessarily be the same Electro from the previous films. He won't necessarily look the same. Um, at least that's what he says. So why is Doctor Strange in here? Now, this person is saying that um, this, this is going to be another mentor dynamic. You know, he's previously had um Robert Downey Jr as a mentor in you know in the Avengers films and in the first Spider-Man film and then he's had Samuel L Jackson's Nick Fury um as another um mentor really Nick Fury uh, in in Spider-Man Far From Home and now he's going to have Doctor Strange as a mentor so that's the writer editorializing cuz I shared this news with somebody and they said I don't think he needs any more mentor roles after Far From Home and I said you know that may not necessarily be what they're going for because I agree. He doesn't need another mentor character. He doesn't. Um, and I wouldn't even say that, that Nick Fury was a mentor figure in, in far from home. It was more like Quentin Beck was, was a mentor figure. And that ended with his character growth, but it also was a false mentor mentorship because, um, he ended up being, you know, the villain spoiler alert. And, So it wasn't, he wasn't really a real mentor and every good Spider-Man film, I I have to think every good Spider-Man story needs to have, um, some sort of character, often the villain who is connected to Peter Parker in some way personally and may or may not end up being, uh, serving a villain role. So even if it was technically mentorship, I wouldn't say that that that's because Peter Parker needs mentoring. It's just, it's just a staple of of Spider-Man stories, at least to me. So I don't think Dr. Strange is going to be a mentor necessarily. Um, I think he's in this movie to do something with the multiverse. I can't tell. I can't remember when this is supposed to come out. Um, I mean, both films are supposed to be filming this year, like right now, like both Dr. Strange two and Spider-Man three are both filming this year. Um, And I can't remember if they're both coming out the same time soon, soon apart. So this whole thing with, with, with Wanda Maximoff with the Scarlet witch and the multiverses and Dr. and her possibly being a villain and Dr. Strange too. And there might be a multiverse stuff going on that may spill over into Spider-Man three, which is why he shows up. I mean, look, Dr. Strange was in Thor um, Ragnarok very briefly. It could just be a scene. Okay. You guys, and it might just be a hint at whatever he's dealing with. But if Electro is also in the film, I gotta say, a lot of people, and I agree with them, are suspicious that there's gonna be multiverse things happening that affect this film. And I say that we thought of that first on the Hooper cast because it's, we talked about how could they possibly have all this stuff going on with Tom Holland and all these villains and explain why none of the Avengers are there to help him. That wouldn't make sense and it would kind of tarnish, you know. The, the universe building and someone brought up the idea that, well, what if he escapes to his own universe or to a new universe where there are no Avengers? And it's like, well, how would that happen? Like it would, it, how would some universe open up? It had to be some Dr. Strange thing that happened. And uh, so what if, what if that's one of the things that happened in, in, in Spider-Man uh, this, the Spider-Man three. Now I wouldn't necessarily be okay with that. It would seem like a weird it, it would have too much of the real world written on it. Like, yeah, here's the thing we had to do because of all that public fallout that you guys likely heard about. Um, so it seems kind of, it seems too um, too convenient. At the same time, there's no other plausible way, even in a comic book movie, that you can justify characters who are clearly allied with Peter Parker just not being there when he faces a threat ever again. Uh, how, how do you get him in his own universe without rebooting it explicitly? And this is pretty much how you do it. Um, so I'm not saying that is what's going on, but it's 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 odd that, that Benedict Cumberbatch is in the film as Doctor Strange. Just, it's, it's interesting. We'll see how that develops. Meanwhile, speaking of developing news, we said we would follow up on this whole thing going on with Cuties and the uh, Texas... Um, uh, that to the Tyler County grand jury about the, the, um, the charges against it for child pornography and lewdness and stuff. So this is from the New York times, uh, a grand jury in Tyler County, Texas um, accused Netflix. Oh, it, it charged Netflix with promoting lewdness in the film cuties, uh, which has been uh, as, uh, streaming on the platform. Um, accused Netflix of promoting lewd visual material depicting a child. Um, promoting lewdness in the French film Cuties which has been maligned by some as child exploitation and defended by others as a complex coming of age story about pre-adolescent girls um, let's see uh, let see Tyler County grand jury indicted the company for promotion of lewd visual material depicting a child according to prosecutors Um, county prosecutors said the charge was based on a Texas law that makes it illegal to knowingly promote material that depicts the genitals or the pubic area of a child clothed or partially clothed and which appeals to the prurient interest in sex and has no serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Um, Quote, the legislators of this state believe promoting certain lewd material of children has destructive consequences, says Lucas Babin, the county's criminal district attorney, said, saying in a statement, if such material is distributed on a grand scale, isn't the need to prosecute more, not less. Um Mr. Babin, who said he watched the film, said it was his job, quote, to make calls every day on how to keep our communities safe. The indictment said that Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos, the chief executives of Netflix, had recklessly tolerated the dissemination of the film. Netflix said in a statement that the company stands by the film, quote, Cuties is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children. This charge is without merit. Uh, it was not immediately clear what penalties Mr. Babin's office was seeking in its case against Netflix. It is a, its statement described the charge as a state jail felony. So, again, we don't know what's going to happen yet with this, but that's the charge. We'll see if they can appeal the charge, fight the charge, expunge the charge. I don't know how it works. Um, so this is developing. I mean, this is not an open and shut thing. It's a very controversial subject. We talked about the film a few episodes back. Um, I saw, I've i seen the film. Dustin is not. So we discussed this whole issue. You can go back and listen if you want to hear all the all the particulars, but it is not just as simple as this film is not exploitative or this film is exploitative. There are only opinions about it. And even here, where this person where it says, you know, that this film meets the U.S. legal definition of child pornography, including to Representative Babin. Um, uh, no, sorry, this is different Babin. Lucas Babin. Wait a second. Hold on a second. I think. You know what? I think the the, the uh, district attorney is the father or the son of one of these senators. That's kind of weird. That seems politically driven. Could be, at least. How does that work? Hold on a second. Lucas Babin is the DA. Who's Brian Babin? Is Brian? Well, hold on a second. Where's Brian? Net- Representative Brian Babin. Texas representative. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, they're related. I remember hearing that, that there was, there was a father and son relationship. Anyways, point is, um, uh, hopefully that's being left out of this whole thing, but interesting. Um so, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see how this develops again. We don't know what would happen. I mean, if, I don't know if there would be fines or jail time for for the, the executives of Netflix, which would – that'd be nuts. Um, but there are strong opinions about this movie, no doubt. So, um, again, I think the only thing that you could really fight here is that the law here includes the text – quote, which appeals to the prurient interest in sex and has no serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. I think that's where you fight it if you're the defense here. If you're if you're Netflix, you're saying, well, it, I would argue it does have artistic and possibly political value. and Obviously not literary. It's not a book. Scientific, no. Um, but artistic, political, maybe sociopolitical, um, so artistic is the big pillar here for them. You would have to argue it does, and that's, it's subjective, and it depends on which lawyer argues it better. Um, but there's what the law says. And uh, so if the only um, caveat to the law is, I don't know, unless it, unless people think it's artistic, well, then you argue that point. Yeah, well, here's why I think it's artistic. Here's And and, and I think there's a strong argument to be made there. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not exploitative because I feel like that's also – up to subject uh, subjectivity. But I think that you could argue it has artistic value. And, you know, again, you go into, you know, did, could the, are the kids old enough to consent, you know, are their parents, should the parents have been allowed to consent for them because they did. Um, eh, so I don't know. Um, all I know is that in my opinion, the film is, um, effectively communicating the message of anti-exploitation of anti-self exploitation and um, uh, intrinsic human value of people. Um, And uh, so I think there's artistic value. Now that may not matter if the exploitative charge can be proven more heavily. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, Black, it's not black and white. It's very, very gray. We'll see how this develops. And if anything else happens, uh, we'll let you know here on the show. So I'm going to throw it to a break real quick. We'll come back in a second. And when we come back, I got more stuff going on with movie theaters and whatnot uh, closures, non closures, and uh, home release for new movies. Be right back uh, for the Hoopercast. Uh, I guess this is Hoopercast at Dusk again. <laughs> back in a second. couple more film news stories i said i would tell you about um this is on cnbc.com the ceo of amazon sorry the ceo of amc uh is amc is keeping their theaters open just so you know and he's saying that the what they're doing is the right decision even as regal a rival of theirs shutters their screens temporarily um he says quote We think it's the right decision to stay open. We've had millions of people come to our theaters in the United States and certainly in Europe since we reopened this summer. Aaron, that's his name, Adam Aaron, uh, pointed to the, the historic deal AMC reached with Universal Pictures in July as a reason the company is in a position to keep its theaters open. The agreement shortened the time that Universal's films had to be shown in AMC theaters before moving to on-demand streaming from 90 days to 17 days. He says, quote, We get a cut, both of the theatrical revenue and the home revenue. That's an agreement that AMC has struck. Our competitors have not yet struck that agreement. Um... Yeah, he sa- says there's um, – in its deal with Universal, they still have upcoming releases such as The Croods and New Age, which is due out the day before Thanksgiving. Quote, there are five Universal movies that are coming out between now and Christmas Day, the AMC – Will be in a position to show as a result of that agreement. AMC is proceeding with additional reopening plans, including in Washington, after receiving clearance from the state to resume operations. By mid-October, the company will have more than 80% of its roughly 600 theaters open, although the key market of New York remains closed. Uh, Aaron defended AMC's coronavirus safety protocols, including enhanced cleaning and restrictions to maintain social distancing. He said, also said there's a need for movie theaters in the pandemic quote. We're in the business of amusing and entertaining people. If there was ever a time when people needed to be amused and entertained to escape the stresses of the daily life. It's right now when the Corona is hitting this country very hard. Um, okay. So, um, And of course it says the bottom disclosure, NBC universal is the parent company of universal studios and CNBC, this website. So, um, it's interesting. I mean, again, if you really think that theaters, I mean, Patty Jenkins, I read an article on Fox business about her saying like, this is, this is going to be it for movie theaters. If they all shut down, like we can't keep, we have to keep them open. Some, someone has to stay open or else the theater experience will die completely. We talked about this, uh, this past week on the show, just now this past movie hour, we did, um, you know, it just, movie theaters are going to have to evolve anyway. We're not going to get full openings back from the movie theaters as they are now because the business model is not diverse enough uh, to sustain something like this. And people were already kind of exiting the theaters to begin with. Um, But artists very much want you to see their films in theaters. And there's a commercial, obviously a commercial reason for that too, because the theaters make their money, the studios make their money in movie theaters. Now, of course, like he points out, there are deals you can strike with, um, uh, with the theaters to, to to keep stuff like this going. But there's also, everything is moving to the home market, whether people like it or not. It's just a question of what proportion, how soon, and when will they just decide they don't need theaters anymore? When will they decide that they have everything they needed from theaters, they have everything they need at home, and they just don't need theaters? Uh, and I'm saying, it's it, if you'd asked me in 2019, I would have said it'll be about five, seven years. Now I'm saying it'll be about two years till they figure that out, I think. Maybe sooner. Um, so what, what are they going to do? You know, what, what's, what's the, uh, what, what to be done about theaters? Um, you know, he's saying it's the right decision to leave it open. I think that's subjective. Is it the right decision? I mean, obviously your employees are glad to have a job and people are glad to be able to go to the movies if they want to, but is it the right decision for public health? Now they say they're cleaning and they're doing all the social distancing very well. If you can really enforce that, I don't really see a problem with that. I don't know why you can. And, and, and it's it, it's studios who are deciding to take the movies out of theaters. So it's not that, that studios are like, hey, hey, come on, like open our movies up, you know. Like it's not like theaters are saying, nope, we need we need to shut down. It's the right thing to do. It is states deciding this because their case count which they're allowed to do, and it is the studios deciding this, which they're allowed to do, but their reasons aren't altruistic like the states. The states are saying, this is a threat to public health. We need to close all businesses until our case count goes down. That's what everyone had to do. But studios are the ones saying, well, we want to make a profit. And we get it. We get it, studios. You want to make a profit? We get it. We've heard it. Okay, great. You want to make a profit. Oh, Bond needs to be seen in a theater. Okay, great. Needs to be seen in a theater. But you could show it in a theater. You could let it open next month. But you're not showing it in a theater because you're not going to make the money you want to make off of it. Okay, fine. You're not going to make the money you're going to make off of it. And again, it's easy for me as a consumer to say, just put it in theaters. Forget the gross. Forget the gross in your large in financial investment. But right now, like, do you want to make any money off of it? And, and yeah, people will see it next year. But I don't know what I would do if I was the studios. I, I'd keep the films out of theaters. I would, you know, because you don't know if you're going to get anything new to show in theaters in 2021 since nothing can be shooting right now. So in your mind, nope, let's just try and uh, be as lean as possible till we can um, till we can put this, the- this film in theaters. And then we'll hopefully make enough money off that to give us enough time for all these other releases that aren't going to get in theaters until 2023 because nothing's being shot. Um, you know, they need that inventory for 2021, but they're all stacking up. We'll talk. We'll talk about that in the movie hour. But they're all stacking up. Twenty twenty one is going to be super bloated. You may not make a lot of money in twenty twenty one as much as you would have in twenty twenty, not because people can't come to the theaters, but because there's too many releases crowding the ticket that people are going to. There's going to be too much competition, and all the films will suffer. So I don't know what I do. I don't know. If, I don't know what I do if I'm if I'm other studios deciding whether or not to open up. The theaters to open up, or sorry, to to release the film in theaters. Again, I like to say like, oh, I'd probably hang on to it too, because that's the safest bet. But is it? You released James Bond in the summer or even in November 2021. What's it up against? Everything else that got pushed to 2021. Release dates are chosen because studios project like, all right, we're going to grab this release date November 1st. And what we're releasing is this. No one's going to dare open a film anywhere you know in that same month because they don't want to compete with us. But what if everyone's going for all these dates? Now it's great for the consumer. Boom, there's something awesome to see every single weekend next year. Or probably will be that way. Every single weekend, you can see at least one great, highly anticipated film. Maybe even two. So that's good for you, but do you have enough money to see all those things? Probably not. Especially if you budget for your entertainment. A lot of people budgeting have a strict budget for entertainment. Hey, we can go see one movie a month. Just because there's four times as many films in theaters as there normally is. We'll say twice as many. Just 2020 and 2021 doubled up. Twice as many. Just because there's twice as many films in theaters doesn't mean you have twice as much money to spend all of a sudden. You don't. Especially if you got furloughed. Like a lot of people have. Lost their jobs. So it's not like... Those people are going to save, roll their money over and go see two movies a month in 2021. It doesn't mean that. So just to, just to bring it back to what I'm talking about here, the studios are deciding this. The studios are causing these things to happen. So AMC is basically saying it's not our staff's fault that people aren't coming to the movies. There's not movies to show we're staying open because we have this agreement with universal. We have enough thing, enough movies to show in Q4 of 2020 that we think we can afford to stay open. So that's what he said he's going to do. I don't know if they make it through it, then they're going to be way ahead of regal financially. It's a big risk. Let's see if it pays off for him. Colin. Now, over here on Deadline, we got a story about someone who is not releasing theatrically. We got Disney. Disney Pixar's Soul moving to Christmas Day release on Disney Plus. They're moving it now. Um, where it will now be released December 25th. It was supposed to be November 20th. Uh now it's back on now it's on Disney Plus. Um Disney will not charge its streaming subscribers an extra $29.99 to see Soul, like they did with Mulan. Rather, the movie will simply become available on the service to its 60 million subscribers, just like the studio did with Artemis Fowl and Hamilton over the summer. Um, Let's see. Um, Yeah, so that's what's going to happen there. Um, The movie, similar to what Disney did with Mulan, which had been set for global release in March before the coronavirus pandemic lockdown, forced it to delay its theatrical release several times. Um, Right, so... (sighs) (laughs) um, so disney charged 30 bucks for mulan even uh, for people who are already paying to subscribe to disney plus um they never released any earnings figures on that according to this article what does this say uh yeah no no rental or gross figures regarding mulan's success on disney plus the assumption by rivals in the industry was that it wasn't that great given the fact that the movie's actual free december drop rate was announced during the nikki caro directed Pictures first weekend Nielsen reported Mulan made its top 10 streaming list for the week of August 31st to September 6th in the number 10 spot with 525 million minutes viewed by comparison Netflix's Cobra Kai was number 1 that week with 2.7 2.17 billion minutes viewed wow more people watched Cobra Kai <laughs> interesting um so it's going to get a theatrical release in foreign territories where you can't get Disney+. Plus. Um, this is what uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek said, quote, We are thrilled to share Pixar's spectacular and moving soul with audiences direct to Disney+. Plus In December, a uh, new original Pixar film is always a special occasion, and this truly heartwarming and humorous story about human connection and finding one's place in the world will be a treat for families to enjoy together this holiday season. Uh the director of the film, Pete doctor, and also the cre- chief creative officer of Pixar animation studios uh, says, quote, the world can be an exhausting and frustrating place, but it's also full of unexpected joys. Even in seemingly mundane things, soul investigates what's really important in our lives. A question we're all asking these days. I hope it will bring some humor and fun to people at a time when everyone can surely use that, especially if they can't go on the theaters. Right. So, um, yeah. So this is, Fun for me, I was not going to be able to go in the theaters to see Soul. Now I can see it on Christmas. My kids can see it. Cool. That's great for me. And obviously, Disney Disney is not playing this. Disney's like, well, we have our own streaming platform. Universal doesn't have that. They still rely on the theaters. They don't have a standalone streaming platform. They have to rely on like Netflix and other stuff like that. And they don't have exclusive, like, they have all this stuff going on. Disney can just decide we're putting it on Disney+. Plus. They can just decide that. And uh, yeah, so um, so if you're waiting for that film and you didn't want to have to wait much longer for it, you won't. Still, not good news if you are a person that thinks it's a threat to the theater experience. But again, right now there's no choice. But it might have ramifications down the road. What will it do? It's it's, a, it's another example later on of why studios don't need theaters. And again, I, I think. I don't think theaters will die 100%. I think Patty Jenkins is freaking out. She said something like'm I don't think any of us want to live in a world where you can't go out to the theater and you know the, the only option to see a movie is, it, is is in the take your kids to your living room and there's nowhere to go out on a date. I don't think that's ever gonna happen, Patty, although it may shrink. there may not be as many options. It may only happen in larger cities, not like only city cities, but there may only be one theater in town as opposed to four or five theaters in, in a given area. Maybe you have to drive an hour you know, to go to the theater. Point is, if those people aren't going out to the movies enough anyways, that the market can't support that. So what's going to happen is it's going to shrink. The theaters that remain will get way better, become a way better experience, better for the consumer. Studios will save money because they won't have to exhibit to as many places, and they're going to put them on their streaming platforms, which people are already happily paying for. So it's never going to go back to how it was. We're not gonna have be. It's not gonna be a new release is only in theaters. It's we're already past that. That's that's over with. Forget it, forget it. It's done, and it's never gonna be. Oh, the theaters are all gone now. We only can see movies if you have an internet access or streaming services. Which you know now, you know. I, I understand the rule. It could now be. Oh, now they can charge whatever they want because that's the only place you can get new releases. They could charge more than a, than a movie ticket used to cost. That's also true, which is why theaters are never going to go away 100%. I don't think they will, at least. Maybe they could. Look, if they do, God, I mean, there are worse problems to have. I know that this is a big, you know, we're we're getting into the weeds here, but like, I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think the theaters that remain are going to be really, really special experiences and they'll be worth the money to go out and they'll be worth it to theaters to exhibit. They'll be worth it to studios to exhibit to a smaller amount of theaters and accept a smaller box office gross. But right now, t- 2019, 2019, I think was as look, I-, I could be wrong. So feel free to tell me differently. I think 2019 will forever be the largest year in box office returns in film history. I'll go ahead and say that now. Um, because I cynically believe that theaters will never come back to full capacity. So unless you hike prices. You know, which you could. So I'll say barring a price hike, but I'll just say this, like there will never be as many movie theaters in America as there are now in terms of, you know, per capita, per city, number of theaters because they're going to close and the ones that stay open or the one, you know, maybe a few more will become specialty, become more catered to the serious film experience. And all the people who go out and want something to do are going to stay home and watch it on the internet. And I think that's the future. But I don't think we're going to break any more box office records for a while because there's just going to be less places to show them and less dollars coming in for the, for the weekend box office. Again, unless you start charging at home, which is a whole different conversation. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if for a few years we're not breaking records because we're figuring out a new business model and it's not happening in five to seven years. It is now happening now. It's happening in the next one to two years. Um, yeah. So that's that. Okay, cool. That was about a half hour. So there you go. Enjoy that. Hope you did. Um, check out the movie hour coming up uh this coming Monday ish Watson well, we're recording it you'll get it a couple of days later um, and uh, yeah, that's about it for that okay cool. have a good weekend everybody stay safe uh, check out some good movies. There's still plenty to watch in a lot of places uh, if not, go to your local library if it's open and um, you know, pick some out there but but go back and listen to episodes of this show and and figure out which movies we do recommend seeing and and go rent those because there's plenty of ways to do that still all right if you I mean if you're listening to the show you have the internet so you can use it to go watch movies take care everybody see you soon